Slate Plus episode for the latest season of Decodering. I'm Cleo Levin, and I'm joined today by host Willa Paskin and producer Katie Shepard. Hi, Willa. Hi, Katie. Hi. Hello. So the first episode of this season was about the dress, hashtag the dress. It was funny because it felt like kind of a TikTok of how that viral moment unfolded. I was wondering how much or what you remembered from when it happened for both of you the first time. And and was it weird revisiting that in like a more academic way? I definitely remember it, but I don't know what I remember. Like, I think I was in, like, I think I know what apartment I was in because it all happened at night. Like that, it happened a night, like the story went up late at night and it was like already news by the next day. And I remember looking at it and I remember Definitely also thinking that it was white and gold, although now I don't see it that way at all. It was like a big to-do. That's what I remember. Yeah. And for me, uh, I just remember I'm like pretty late to all things. (laughs) And I just remember it being pretty far along in the debate of everything and me being unable to believe that anybody could see blue and black. And then what was so exciting about what Willa did in the episode to think about was the fact that like actually what we were all debating wasn't even the dress it was the image of the dress Mm. and that that to me was like what willa did so well in the episode that was actually i like doing like obviously decodering is like secretly a history show or like not even secretly but i like it when it's near history like i don't i like it not to just be a history show or to be like a closer history or to just like be about something that's happening now that has a history yeah and I, and I feel like because it was so recent and the internet is what it is today, there was so there was that first BuzzFeed post and then it just kind of took on a life of its own. Was it hard, like, kind of trying to create a timeline or a chronology there? Or was it you just wanted to identify the first moment and then... Oh, no, like, it was a dream. I'm constantly taking on topics that are just, like, genuinely, like, larger than they should be. And then, like, to wrestle it down, you have to talk to a gajillion people. And some of those episodes turn out really well, but it's just, like, huge. And the dress... I was feeling about it like I did about the Sideways episode that we did earlier this year where I was like, oh, I'm going to be able to like wrap my hands around this completely. And that's such a nice feeling. And then also the thing always ends up surprising you, you know, but it did feel that way where I was like, no, no, it's cool. I mean, the hardest thing about it was was basically being like, are we going to be able to say something other than just what happened? But I had been thinking about it. And then David McRaney, who just wrote a book that has a whole chapter about the dress, he had an excerpt in Wired. So I was already thinking about this topic, and then I saw that excerpt, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, there's definitely more here. <laughs> I just don't know what it is yet. And that that's always nice when something's like, you know, it's just like hanging out, and then like just other shoe drops, and you're like, great, got it, cool. It's an episode. <laughs> right. And a, and a lot of the meat of the episode ended up being about neuroscience, People might not know podcast writing. You tend to have to script it a lot more simply than writing as you would for the page, uh, just because people are listening rather than reading. Was it difficult at all getting the these neurological concepts written for a podcast script? No, weirdly, it wasn't. That was really easy. <laughs> not really easy, but like that part was like totally. I don't know. I think I've actually like done it a bunch now. It, that it feels like it's like you have a goal, like you just know exactly what you have to do in a paragraph. Like it's that's mm. nice, you know. You just have to explain it well. Yeah, it actually really reminded me of the sideways episode. Like they're very similar, where you just have to like 
you're just like running through, like you have to explain something. It's very straightforward. You just have to do it really clearly. And sometimes, you know, you it's I think we're often explaining things, but um, usually there's like a lot more choices about what you could be explaining. And um, at the end, it seems like it makes sense what you decided, but it's very like you're kind of just hacking through the wilderness. And this is like, no, no, you, you have to get somewhere very specific. And that's always helpful. Mm. And did Pascal Wallace do some of the work to make that like intelligible for lay people like I imagine if you read whatever he might have published for like an academic journal that would have been more difficult yeah totally it turns out like I know now not just from this episode like if you read a study it's so much better to talk to the person because the person will be like oh this is like actually the takeaway and it's not even necessarily like clear from the study that that was the takeaway so yeah he and he's pascal also you i mean you could probably tell if you listen to the episode like he's very he's a teacher you know like he's used to explaining things and he likes to do it it was clear from talking to him like what needed to be explained basically and then also this guy andrew adam newman edited this episode he's a writer but he's also was a podcaster he worked at studio 360 for a long time and he's great and he was really helpful in sort of being like oh no like the whole thing about this is like our priors changed (laughs) not just like in the in seeing the dress but just like in what the dress means like this is the kind of piece where you could be like the problem is like there's no there there like it's just kind of fun but it felt i felt satisfied that there was a there there by the time we were finished and that was a lot thanks to him yeah okay episode two about the bustle it seemed like your way into this was heather radke's book about the butt uh i'm curious how you landed on on centering the episode around the bustle in particular so (laughs) we have this year started to try and we have done one every in all three seasons this year started to try to do these episodes that are based on books we were basically trying to figure out how to do like a version of the show that was like a lighter lift, you know, by basically like talking to someone who was an expert. I think we've talked about this before. So it was the episode about the method, the episode about malls and this episode of the butt. I think they've all ended up being like fairly successful, but they have it's just like it introduces all these other issues, basically, <laughs> um, when I know less about the topic than I usually would. And So with this one, like, butts are obviously such a great topic. And the book that Heather wrote, which is called Butts, a Backstory, and it's good and everyone should read it, is very, it's big, you know, like, butts are a big topic. (laughs) So it just felt like to make it work for us, we were going to have to, like, focus on something specific. Mm. And there's a couple threads in the book. Heather actually did a piece with Radiolab that I think is about, like, sizing of clothes that, like, probably is, like, really fascinating. And we weren't thinking about doing that. But, like, obviously, like, that's the kind of other thing someone could have done. She also did a piece with Radiolab, which I think a lot of the book was born out of, that was about kind of why we have butts, like, physiologically. <laughs> and and that's also really interesting. So I think there was, like, probably a number. I'm sure there's pieces we could have picked or missed or whatever. But sort of reading the book it just like she writes about the bustle as this kind of mystery herself right which is like why were ladies putting on bustles and she has this answer also in the book that it's connected to the history of sarah bartman you know this south african woman who was basically paraded around europe because of her large butt in the early 1800s and in the book sarah bartman is actually first like, there's a chapter about Sarah Bartman and then sort of thinking about her influence in the bustle. And just reading it, I thought, like, oh, there's just a way to structure this so that it sort of 
works like a mystery. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's sort of what happened. And Heather was great. Bustles had been saying she'd be gotten interested in pretty early on when she was working on this project about butts, which she's been working on for in different ways for a long time. And she was interested in it kind of like because of Sarah Bartman. But then as we sort of were doing it, it was like we realized we really needed like an expert on Sarah Bartman and a couple of experts to sort of talk about that. And we needed to see some bustles. So it ended up sort of expanding in a way the other two episodes we've done about books haven't. Mm. Um, And I felt like kind of bad about that just like because we were like, Heather, let us steal part of your book and like then you'll be in it some. Uh, But I think the episode itself like is actually good and like benefited from all that additional stuff. But like absolutely – we wouldn't have like come to that topic without her, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually thought it was so cool that you got to go see the bustles at the Philadelphia Museum. I, I don't think I've ever seen a bustle before, and I imagine most people haven't. The total bummer about that, and we really like didn't know, which is not an excuse, but we didn't know, is that they were like on strike at the time. Mm. But I only really learned like after the episode was up, and I was like, yeah, that is actually terrible. Sorry. But, you know... It was cool to see the bustles. <laughs> we could have, we, if we, I'd known, we would have tried to do it at her house, probably. But yeah, the bustles were cool, and I thought it was like, I think it's a good story, like a heavy, important story in a way that we don't always get into. But you know, you gotta go, you gotta go where like where the, the actual thing is, the story is. Yeah, it was also nice to hear a story about the butt that only briefly touched on Kim Kardashian. <laughs> it did touch on her though it's very hard you got to do it like you can't really right. not it would have people would have been like you're missing something <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i think also too from like a production standpoint it was just really exciting to get to like go into the space and actually interact with the stuff instead of everything be so kind of theoretical Mm. or just like ideas or like you know hunched over your laptop to get to like be in the world was really fun and then to get to have Willa do the interview in real time was so fun to be a part of Uh, and also Christina too like to meet someone who is obsessed with underwear clothes in general but especially underwear was just sort of an exciting place to go and dip your toe in even for a minute even within the larger context of what willa wrote for the whole episode yeah and is there a reason you decided you needed to go see them in person because you were talking about such a tangible object and it felt like abstract not to not to like look at it well we definitely did need someone to like tell us about them because i don't you know we didn't know anything about them and then it just seemed like an occasion we don't like go out into the world very field much. trip yeah, yeah we just <laughs> yeah. don't do it very much but uh it just seemed like a good one okay katie you hosted the episode about Salino and barnes this was interesting to me as a topic as a new yorker it's such a new york thing but i was thinking about how it seems like your local personal injury lawyer is also kind of a universal concept was that part of like what you were leaning on yeah, I think for me, Salino and Barnes didn't really kind of exist or the personal injury lawyer in this iteration. Like it was something that I saw in passing, maybe like in downtowns of North Carolina mm-hmm. um, or in billboards, but much more infrequently. And then when I got here to New York, it felt like they were everywhere all the time. So to me, that was part of the reason why they were exciting to me was because they didn't exist in this way uh, 
And they certainly weren't as like visibly available uh, in North Carolina to me. Huh. And then, yeah, and I also think like it was cool to get to kind of work with Willa in terms of the writing aspect and the editing and all of that um, to see how much goes into every end of what she does for every episode. Um, I, I don't I don't envy that. But yeah, I think it was it was certainly exciting to get to have the the first one that I got to host be something that was so strange and banal kind of at once, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. We've talked before about how many Dakota rings end up being advertising stories. And this, again, kind of ended up being about advertising. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say like at its very core, but I mean, even with the top of the episode, with the way in sort of being with the jingles and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even how even in the midst of all the tragedy and I was thinking about it, even once it went live, like the whole reason why anybody cared was because of the ads you know like and i do think we make that point but it's like there would have been no peace if they didn't put their faces on a billboard it also made me laugh a ton because i like i'm from new york i'm very like i think we've done a lot of episodes of the show that are like really new york centric god bless everybody else who like puts up with it but i just like died laughing like just being like selena and barnes have only been in new york city since yeah. 2010 like i were like i'm just like new yorkers are so corny like that is just like so self-important like 2010 is nothing like that is not old like truly that is nothing and i'm just like you know the level of distraught it just like it sort of it's like speaks to both like I mean, how quickly things change. That's something that's only been around for like nine years or seven. You know, when did they act? When did it actually? When did they break up finally? Like, when did the like it end? Well, the suit happened in 2017, and then three years later, right? So, so it's like 2020 yeah. is like when it's like done. Like that's ten. It's just like on the one hand, it's like sure, like we lament lots of things that are ten years old, but also you're like, are you kidding? Like it's only ten years old. Like I can't. That's nothing. And it, that really, I, that really tickled me. I hadn't, I in my own mind thought they had been around for longer. And they obviously they were in like Western New York for longer. And it's possible, uh, you know, people in New York saw them other places. But it just really cracked me up a ton. Like it's not even like Dr. Zismore or something. Like it's just like, <laughs> that's nothing. That's literally like a blink of an eye. <laughs> We're very dramatic. We're very dramatic people. <laughs> yeah, I got to the end of it and I was like, I don't know, are Selena and Barnes weird or are we weird? You know, like, yes. that's sort of how I was feeling by the end. Yeah, like, I, we're weird. Like, <laughs> that was my takeaway. <laughs> I'm just like, we're stealing Selena and Barnes signs like from the subway. Like, please, guys, like, this is not even, <laughs> this is nothing. Yeah. It does seem like, like kind of a cultural thing in all cities, like these very, specific indicators that become part of your nostalgia overall for the place at large, like uh, the Portland, the airport carpet in Portland um, (laughs) that they took, that they ended up taking out and people were like distraught and were selling carpet merch. Like Salino and Barnes almost feel like inanimate in that way. Totally. Um, That was the part when I was thinking about like, what, what is the, the source of love here? The other thing I was curious about Katie was you talk a little bit in the episode about how personal injury lawyers have garnered this reputation as being kind of vultures. And to be honest, my conception of Selena and Barnes going in was not terribly sympathetic. So I'm curious how talk like how actually talking to Selena maybe made you think differently about them as cultural icons. 
Yeah, I mean, I maybe this is too like, oh, I like went to art school, but I do think that like everybody kind of deserves their like full fullness of self, you know, for whatever that is. So I didn't necessarily think of them as like bad or whatever, mm. whatever people thought. I, I think like what a what a weird way to live your life, you know, <laughs> like what a what a what a path to take. And so I think that's what drew me to them is sort of this idea of the the shamelessness of them was what was interesting to me. And speaking to Selino, you know, even by the end, like he he's a he's a complex person and that is what makes for a complex story. <laughs> and also his brother Rich Barnes too, like they're they're just both incredibly intelligent and they know who they are and what they are and and that's what I think makes it good. Yeah. It always turns out like almost in every instance whenever you talk to somebody <laughs> you end up feeling like if not sympathetic maybe not the right word but like just more aware and convinced of like their humanity and like their <laughs> and like how you just can't just be mean to them, you know, because they do a, a shady job. I mean, I think it is it is a shady job, right? Like they're really good personal injury lawyers and they also like got ran afoul of the law like a number of times. And I think that's probably like pretty par for the course. But, you know, someone's got to do it. And I don't even mean that in like a someone's got to make the money way. It's like, yeah, actually, like the thing they do is a is a thing that like someone has to do it. And it's good that someone does it because, you know, sometimes you really need a personal injury lawyer. <laughs> um, but it's complicated. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Like this idea of inherently, like we say, at the, towards the top, like, you know, they have a bad rap, personal injury lawyers, lawyers in general, but somebody does have to do the, the job. And I, and I think that's what is so good about them is that they not only do it, but they do it in a way that like, look at me doing it. Right. <laughs> right. I went into it sort of wondering, like, why do I like Salino and Barnes? You know, <laughs> like, why do I like it just because it seems like some like Brooklyn millennial thing to do I don't know or or is it that like I actually and then by the end I was like oh I I don't know if, if like like is the word but miss is the word you know I think I definitely miss seeing them on the train I, I miss seeing them on tv and an idea that was floating around in the script was like you know nothing lasts forever basically and I think that's what they in their own way in the middle of their own life in Buffalo and now California and everywhere else that they're at but like they are just an, a place to point for the fact that life just changes. Mm. Yeah. Okay, and is there anything that you want to talk to the listeners about, about what's to come? So our plan right now, which I think we're going to stick to, although it, it's going to change as it changed last year a bit, is we're planning to do three seasons of five episodes each. We'll start coming out sort of in the early spring. I we were like I know one of them because I was trying to get it out the door and then we realized it wasn't going to happen. Um, and that's going to be about the tooth fairy and I'm actually really excited about that episode. <laughs> and yeah, we have a couple other like there's some other ideas that we've been percolating on. I really want to do one about pilot season like how they used to make TV shows, which I think is going to happen, but it's going to be a pretty big lift, but I think we have some time to do it. And then we have some like other episodes we're working on with people hopefully so like they have some ideas and uh like henry graber has a book coming out about parking lots i hope we're gonna get him to do something about parking lots for us how parking lots explain the world katie wants to do one about moshing but i don't know if she really wants to do that 
Which you yeah, did. you you had better believe. Yeah, I I want all this like sickness to clear up because I'm trying to be in the middle of a mosh pit for sure. <laughs> exactly. Bring the recording equipment in the mosh yeah, pit. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, watch out. Yeah, so I think it'll be fun. I really want to also, and I don't know that it's going to happen. I would really like. We did like you know we did a two parter. We'd done one two-parter before about Jane Fonda, but that was actually really two separate episodes about her. And this was the first we did a two-parter about McGruff the Crime Dog that were actually, like, connected. Like, you had to listen to one to make sense of the other kind of thing. And I would like to do a couple more of those if we can find the right stuff. I would like to do, like, actually, like, a whole season that was that. I have no idea if that's going to happen. That's literally me just talking out loud. Uh, I need a topic. But, yeah, I think that would be, like, an interesting thing to do for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's a lot to look forward to. Thank you both for coming and talking about your show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And thank you, like, really to everybody who sends suggestions and emails in. I, like, love them. Uh, And even if I don't respond to them all, I've read them and I enjoy them. We talk about them and I think about them. Yeah. So it's great. 